The Indiana Pacers are working on finalizing a trade to send Pascal Siakam to Indiana in exchange for a package built around Bruce Brown in three first-round picks. We're talking about how that could change the balance of the Eastern Conference and how it could have an impact on Zach Levine's trade value. We're also going to talk about Kobe White learning through adversity. And finally, despite the success that this team has had, how connected should the front office still be to big pieces on this roster? We're going to talk about that all and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, Sir Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. And so late last night, it came out that uh, the, the Indiana Pacers are and, and Toronto Raptors are working on a deal to try to send Pascal Siakam to Indiana in exchange for a package built around Bruce Brown and three first round picks. Now, this could be a trade that really does, I think, change a lot of, of the Eastern Conference playoff race. The Indiana Pacers are a team that is already deep, right, has, has been play, playing pretty solidly here over the course of the season. Um, and, you know, it's it's a team within the division of the Chicago Bulls as well that can, you know, cause some, some other issues there. The Pacers currently sit right now sixth in the Eastern Conference right outside that plan. They're five games above the Chicago Bulls. Uh, for example, with the Bulls being that ninth seed, they sit at the sixth seed. They're, they're winners of seven out of their last ten uh, games. Now, they have lost two in a row on top of that. But the Indiana Pacers, if they're able to secure a deal for Pascal Siakam, would definitely change some of that balance in the Eastern Conference. Now, would they be able to compete with teams at the top of that East, like Boston and Milwaukee? That remains to be seen how that team will come together uh, with Pascal Siakam because other players would have to go other than just Bruce Brown. But it's a big question that teams have to ask themselves, especially with Tyrese Halliburton being out with injury right now. But as he comes back, you know, being able to maybe move Aaron Naismith up and things like that and have have a, a, a front line of Jalen Smith, uh, Miles Turner, and then you still got uh, Pascal Siakam there. If none of those guys go. Obi Toppin still in that, on that roster as well. The Pacers are trying to make a power move. Now, how successful that would be depends on some other things, but this could be the type of move that really kind of sets a tone in the trade market to a degree, um, but also starts an arms race in the Eastern Conference for teams that are looking to stay above the Pacers or maybe, you know, make a move to try to get, uh, you know, stay better than them as well. So that's something to look out for in this. And so throughout this, a lot of trade rumors around players, not including Zach Levine. We know that uh, Windhorse said yesterday, that the Lakers are now back out on Zach Levine. They're more focused on DeJounte Murray. We've heard that over months as well. You know, trade trade rumors around a bunch of players around the NBA, but it still leaves the Zach Levine market kind of quiet right now and quiet in a lot of ways. And, you know, that may mean that some teams are waiting. I have marked it and said before, I would not be surprised at all if Zach Levine really becomes a, a, um, a consolation prize, meaning that you know, teams that want to try to get DeJounte, want to try to get Pascal Siakam, if they miss out on those players, they may then pivot to Zach Levine to try to see, uh, to, to, to try to bring in a talent to their team that can help them compete. And it really comes down to how they view Zach Levine, the contract, things like that. You know, I'm still, as I've said before, I go back and forth on thinking whether Zach's going to stay or go or things like that, if the Bulls ultimately do hold on to him. And we'll talk a little bit about that here in, in the next segment as well. You definitely got to look at if if the Pacers send out three first-round picks for Pascal Siakam, 
And I get it. I know the teams are down on Zach Levine. He's been injured. Pascal's typically been way more healthy than Zach Levine, which is saying a lot because Pascal's dealt with his own injury concerns at times in his career, career as well. But right now, the Bulls are being relatively quiet about what's going on. There's been no real, real trade speculation around DeMar DeRozan. We already know Alice Caruso is a team, as a player that a lot of teams could want, but the Bulls don't want to move off of when it comes down to it. The, the, Zach Levine's being shot. You know, even Andre Drummond is a player that some teams could want, but the Bulls want to hold on to. And right now, it seems like the Bulls are, are kind of content with pushing towards the playoffs and, and letting the chips fall where they may. Now, that may end up working out in, in, in their favor. It may end up not. But when you look at these type of trades that could go down, the ones that are rumored, once they start happening, which it could, it, it could start happening any day now, right? The Pascal Siakam thing, it, it was clear to say that that's not necessarily something that's imminent. But it is something that could happen. There are other teams still in the race like that, but they're close. That's the report, and that they're close right now on it. The Mavs are also a team that's in on Pascal Siakam, but do not be surprised. Once Pascal and once uh, DeJounte Murray are potentially moved, a lot of teams in attention that are, are for teams that just want to make a move, for teams that you know may not be worried about the, the second apron of the, of the luxury tax, or you know maybe they do have some future cap to feel like they can still avoid that for at least a season or two, before they have to make a decision on it, do not be surprised if those two dominoes fall first. And then once those dominoes fall, you start hearing more teams be interested in on Zach Levine. And so, unfortunately, right now, you can compare Zach Levine's trade market a lot to John Collins over the last couple of years. Everybody kind of knew that the Hawks wanted to move him. Nobody bit. And then by the time that they did, they didn't get a, 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 a great deal back for him. You're not going to get equal talent back for Zach. And so that's something that the Bulls also have to really try to look at when it comes down to it. So. We'll see, man. Um, but I do think that this Pascal Siakam deal is one that could have implications around the Eastern Conference. If it works out, you'd be able to pair Tyrese Halliburton, uh, uh, Benedict Matherin, Miles Turner, what Pascal Siakam is still having, if they're able to also hold on to Jalen Smith in that too. Obi Toppin, who's not been amazing, right, but is a player that can get, that can, you know, get your double-digit scoring coming off the bench. That's a, that, Obi Toppin may end up going in that deal as well. But that's something that, man, I tell you what, uh, you know, shout-out to – having a front office that is aggressive. They just signed Bruce Brown or traded for, I can't remember which one it was. They just acquired Bruce Brown this offseason, and they got him because he was he was on a championship team and to be willing to move off of that. And it's not like Bruce Brown has played terribly for them, but to be able to take uh, uh, to not hesitate to take advantage of that contract and of that deal to go out and get a player like Pascal Siakam, who, you know, teams around the NBA have also, uh, well, Pascal's also rumored to say that he's not re-signing with any team uh, you know, before the free agency, he is going to go out and open free agency. So a player that has only one year left on their deal that has already announced their intention to go into free agency. And if you can still get three first round picks back for that, I do think that it may make the trade market a little bit better for Zach Levine than initially thought if teams are just, like I said, made to just need to make a move after that point's done. But let me know what you guys think on it. What could the Pascal C. Occam deal mean for the Chicago Bulls, if the rumor deal is actually what happens, do you think it helps or hurts Zach Levine's trade market? Let me know all that down below. But as we move into the next topic for today, I want to talk about the Bulls' front office and the Bulls not finishing games strong, right? The Bulls have gone 14-9 over the last 23 games. Remember how we ended the season on a 14-9 stretch? And that 14-9 stretch to end last season kind of put the Bulls in a place to think, let's add some role players. They added Javon Carter. They added Torrey Craig. And then maybe this thing would be solid. And they've already allowed one 14-9 stretch to make them not be as aggressive in free agency. And I'm telling you right now, 
Despite the Bulls facing some adversity, and I love it, we clawed our way back up to being the ninth seed in the Eastern Conference, and I love that for the Chicago Bulls team. I love the way that we've been playing. But this front office cannot allow another 14-9 stretch, which will be a different stretch by the time the trade deadline comes. But right now, I'm using the buzzword of 14-9. Leave me alone. Uh, but they've used another 14-9 stretch to take a one-and-a-half game lead over the ninth seed. Keep in mind, we started this off as the 12th seed. Right. And the way that we've been able to call up, we're four games behind the Orlando Magic right now for the for the eight seed. And we're five games behind for the seventh and sixth seed behind the New York Knicks and the Indiana Pacers. But even with all that success, much better than than the way that we started off the season for the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls cannot allow this stretch to make them think that they can a play in tournament is enough to keep this same core together. Despite our improved play, the one thing that still remains on this team is that Dak Levine, Nikola Vucevic, and DeMar DeRozan as a trio just do not work. And I know a lot of people are blaming it just on Zach Levine. I understand that. He returned to the roster. We're seeing the team kind of struggle more offensively. I talked about how we're seeing more scoring droughts than what we saw at times before. But at the end of the day, it's this. You know that, 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 that we have talent on this roster. We understand that. And this, the team should always have had expectations and the desire to at least make the plan. We got way too much talent on this, on this roster to not do that. But the fact that we are celebrating another 14-9 stretch as a ninth seed with the players of, of DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, and Zach Levine on it, the fact that they are all solid players in what they do well, but they do not complement each other. And that is why how you build a roster is as important as the roster you built, how those pieces fit together. And it's more evident than ever. We are now four years basically into this experiment. And it's not going to work three years. It's third season. Into this experiment. And it's not going to work. Unfortunately, it's too much data out there. It's just not going to work. And so we need a reshape, not a rebuild, right? And we all know that. I've been telling you guys for years, a rebuild is not coming for the Chicago Bulls team. And that's cool. It is what it is when it comes down to that, right? That's the direction the front office wants to go. That's the direction the front office wants to go. But when it comes down to it, you're, you are limiting potentially the development of your young players in Kobe White, Patrick Williams, and Io DeSumo. Yes, Patrick Williams has been dealing with the injury, but you'd be crazy not to realize how Pat, how he was when Zach was out versus how he's been in the two games, albeit, since Zach Levine has returned. You have questions on your roster, and as long as the front office keeps looking at these same questions and keeps thinking the same answer is continuity, we are going to be stuck in the same place. The ascension of Kobe White has been amazing. It's been great. It is definitely up the ceiling for the Chicago Bulls. It's great when you get that internal development. Coming into the season, I said a lot. For the Bulls to improve, one of the biggest things that had experienced the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boost. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. What happened for this Bulls team was to have a player make a step or a leap. And we've had that player in Kobe White make that necessary step. He still has some things to work on. We're going to end the show talking about things that Kobe White still has to work on to get to that next level. 
But at the end of the day, it's it's still that, that question still remains. Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, and DeMar DeRozan aren't working together. Now, there's a lot of different options that you can go on that. Common thought is you trade Zach Levine, you see what happens. Zach Levine wants out. But, hey, maybe if you do move on from DeMar DeRozan before Zach Levine, per what a lot of Chicago Bulls fans are asking for, maybe at that point, maybe you get a, a, a roster mix back and you can make things work, and maybe Zach wants to stay. I think that's a risk that, you know, some people will want to take. There's still a risk nonetheless. And Nikola Vucevic, at this point, I just don't think you're going to be able to move Vooch unless you're moving him in a super mega deal, like for, for him and DeMar or something like that. And even then, I think that we're stuck with Vooch. And like I said, unless we're getting a young center back too, we don't have very many uh, that very much depth at that position. So I think Vooch is going to end up being here to stay. But I just hope that this front office overall is not looking at another 14-9 stretch and thinking that, we're, that we have enough and a, a plan is enough. You came here and you said that it's about winning titles, that you want to get the Chicago Bulls back to a team that can compete for championships, and that was your goal here. And while what you built here with those two players and Lonzo Ball looked like a work, I got to commend you for going out there and getting it done. You, but now it's time to pivot. And so hearing things like the Chicago Bulls are now maybe open to moving Lonzo Ball's contract to try to get players in here who can help them, them play now. That's what smart front offices do. That's not a lot where the risk that this front office is taking, but it is time for this front office to take calculated risk. Am I saying just go out there and trade anybody? No, again, a rebuild is not coming. But that major retooling and reshaping, it's probably time for that. And we could roll into this trade deadline and come out of it with both DeMar and Zach off the roster. Talked about it on a couple of episodes ago. Asked what is the chance that that DeMar and Zach both end up on the team. It's time to start talking about what are the chances and is it the right the choice for them both not to be on this team. And I understand what they both bring, right? And this is not an indictment or saying that the players suck or anything like that. Zach Levine is not as bad as some people are making him out to be now with all the rumors and things going on. DeMar DeRozan is a veteran piece that has helped mold the minds of some of these young players. You cannot take that away. And he's still a player that more times than not, even though sometimes it's not going to work, is going to be able to get your big buckets when you need to. You're going through scoring droughts, and he's going to shine in the fourth quarters at times. Those things can be true, but two things can be true at the same time. And even with that said, DeMar DeRozan is also an expiring contract, a 34-year-old player that is probably still looking to get paid this offseason, and it may be enough said that the Bulls just can't afford to be put in that spot as my huge dog walks through my background. Um, But it's so that there's something to be said about that too. At the end of it all, this front office really has to ask themselves, who do we want to be? And is the, is, the, is the mix of talent right now, is this something that we feel we can truly make work enough to get to where we want to be? And I'll tell you what, the Bulls losing close games, the Bulls not being able to close out fourth quarters, the Chicago Bulls still having the time where they're going to the my turn, your turn offense, and we're just stagnant at times. Those things have been on this roster and been evident with this roster almost since this version of the team came together. And it's time to make a decision on either what is going to make this work. And you're not changing the coach, right? There are a couple of different ways to go about it, which is something we didn't even talk about, is that you can look to change a coach. Maybe a different coach can get it out. But we know that this front office is tied to head coach Billy Donovan. His, his, his secret extension that so many Bulls fans are still upset about hasn't even kicked in yet and won't kick in until next season. And we still don't even know how long that is. So the chances of the Bulls moving off coaching and Billy Donovan probably isn't going to be the reshaping of the roster that we need. Now, you brought in the player development department, and maybe you're looking at the player development department and saying, this is going to be what gets the, the young players that we have on this roster to make that step, to make that leap, 
and then we're going to be looking at this roster completely differently. There's a chance of that. We still got young players in the wings of Julian Phillips, Adama Sanogo, right? Ernalot Batim, who you guys brought in from, from EuroLeague that we haven't seen on the NBA level yet. Don't expect to see him either. But you got the this front office, it's time to make a move. When you initially came in here, you made your move. You made your risky decision by trading for Nikola Vucevic, that trade deadline, and then following up that offseason by going out and getting Lonzo Ball, Alice Caruso, DeMar DeRozan, amongst others. And I, and I got to commend you because that team was working for the brief time that we had it all together. But now we have over two years of data. Lonzo Ball went down two years ago. We have two years of that data to show that this core it does not work together. It doesn't. And so you can try to, to, to patchwork it enough to where you're having some success, but you cannot allow yourself to be so misguided by that success that it makes you keep this thing together. I hope that this front office is seeing that the success that this team is having and the steps that Kobe White has taken and said, let's make moves now to better support other players making that step. And that's maybe where the, where the Chicago Bulls front office has to go. But you guys, as always, can let me know what you think on that down below. Do you think I'm off my rocker? Which I tend to be at sometimes. I can admit that it is what it is. I'm crazy. I told you guys that. Or do you think that you want to see this team make not just moves to just move everybody off, but make those calculated smart moves, whether it means DeMar, Zach, Vooch, Lonzo Ball's contract, whether it means using some of that to try to add a mix of talent to this team to change some things up because the play style, things like that, we can talk about moving the ball around all we want more and things like that and it's going to win some games. But still, that, that, that truth still remains evident. This, this core ain't working. And let's see what that brings. Again, it's weird to say that when we're 14-9. and nine, But, hey, you got you to gotta, you gotta look at things for what they were outside the box score, so to say. Now, the, I told you guys we were going to talk a little bit about Kobe White before I got out of here today. And I want to talk about Kobe in the last game. Now, a lot of you guys in the comments were talking about the seven turnovers that Kobe White had in, the, in that game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. The fact that he went one for four um, in, in, in the fourth quarter as well. And he just... Listen, he didn't play well in the fourth quarter of the game. He did not. He did not. He had 11 plus minus in, in the last eight minutes of that fourth quarter. And Kobe White talked about that. Says, I've got to be better. And that is the thing that, that is different about Kobe White than it's different about anybody else is that you believe that Kobe White truly understands where he fell short at and he's going to try to overcome it. Billy Donovan even said that. I think it's a really good learning experience for him. He's been so great. He didn't really have it Monday, and I don't mean that to be critical of him. He just didn't really have it going. I think he's trying to take it upon himself to step up. He's got that kind of will and competitiveness, but it's one of those things that as a point guard right now, we're, okay, we're up one. Let's manage this thing right now. Let's make sure we're getting into our stuff. We've, we've got good spacing. So Billy Donovan kind of challenging Kobe White to be that point guard more, to be that in those moments where we have the lead. We're getting some things going. Your shot may, may not be going, but getting players in the right position. And that is the, that's part of the next step of development for Kobe White. But the thing that I want Billy Donovan, the thing that I want the Bulls front office to learn from that is Kobe White is learning through adversity. He's learning through failing. You've got to allow your other young players to do that as well, Billy. You have to allow your other young players to learn through that. We've seen Dalen Terry's minutes cut recently. You, you, we've seen Julian Phillips get minutes and then end up not getting minutes and go back down to the G League. We didn't see Adama Sonogo get an opportunity when we needed some size. I'm not saying that it would have changed much for the Chicago Bulls, right, in those games that we lost in those times like that, but you have to allow young players to learn through failing. You have to do it. It's called growing pains for a while, and way too often since Billy Donovan's been the head coach of the Chicago Bulls, I feel like personally he has not allowed the young players to learn through failing. Yes, I would assume we got minutes early then we end up having to rely on them because of injuries. 
Patrick Williams. He started right away for the Chicago Bulls. Again, that was a different scenario. But you have to allow this thing that we do. And in seeing Kobe White at 23 year old, 23 years old doing what he's doing, and then to not realize that you need to when it makes sense. When Ter- Tory Craig went down, it made sense to try to give J- Julian Phillips minutes to see if he can sink or swim. We have to see this coaching staff allow players to learn through failing. And if you're going to keep trying to safeguard them through doing that, you just you're just withholding times at times opportunities that they could have to develop. Doesn't mean that playing Julian Phillips for 10 minutes since Tory Craig's been down is going to all of a sudden make him this NBA ready player. No, it does not mean that. But it does it may mean that you're setting a foundation of him learning, "Hey, this is I got cooked doing this. Let me do something different this time. Let me go through this opportunity to have in real game minutes to be a different person and a different player and learn how to con- compete on the NBA level. The same thing with Dalen Terry. One thing we were saying about Dalen Terry while he was getting those minutes was, hey, he's finding a way. The game seems to be slowing down some form. He still can't shoot worth a damn, but he's defensively, he's making moves. Um, Offensively, getting out in transition, he's making better passes. But then now we've seen this, again, this restriction back to now not playing Dalen Terry. He went from getting double-digit uh minutes in four games in a row to now the last four games, four minutes, three minutes, eight minutes six minutes we gotta allow these young players to have time and opportunity to fail at least that's my opinion could it cost you a couple of games yes initially but it could also win you some games down the road when you gotta rely on these guys and opportunities like this where we have key players out with injury that's my thought process let me know what you guys think down below make sure you guys are following the show at bull central pod you can send us any feedback questions comments concerns bullcentralpod.gmail.com lastly if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related, thanks to you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See red if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.